G'day loyal followers, Angus Dewar here. I've been handed the reins from Sugarcane Mitchell and it's an honour in an otherwise slightly above average career to welcome you to this year's episodes. Grab your Puma Kings, pull your socks up and put that half sucks orange from half time back in and get ready for what looks like a big year ahead on the footy yarn. Yes, hello all, welcome back to another episode of the Footy Yarn in time for the AFLW season, round six coming up. As always, I'm Hayden Ardushi, joined by Matthew Arrowsmith. Matthew, how are you? I am excited to be episode. It is. Um, obviously, the people will know. It's in the title. She's she's on. She's done it. Yeah, You're, it's just it's, not what... No! I'm sorry. I'll, it's mixed emotions for you because, oh. as, as with every interview, obviously we have conflicting work schedules, so... Unfortunately, you couldn't be a part of the big Tara Bahano interview. And then I tried to put together a little audio clip for it, and it just didn't, it didn't, didn't eventuate. Not in time. It was just, it was a nice and early recording. I had things to do, but Tara is on. Um, I can tell you she was uh, quite thrilled and quite humble about the fact that she is really the first cult hero of the women's podcast. Obviously, we've got Mason yeah. um, for, for the men's podcast. So you did mention that I'm a big fan. Yes, oh, several times. <laughs> Um, and I will now have to look into getting a Tara Bohanna cardboard cutout that's life-size. Can we just Instagram her my voice message? We can look into it for sure. I'll, look, I'll get that voice message to her. Okay. But basically, you know what, the, the people here, I won't go into too much detail about how she responded to the news, but um, she was very humble, but also a little bit taken aback that she was uh, a cult hero in our eyes. But how could you not beat Tara? Getting into the news now, Matthew... I'll give you your little, uh, your little thing, your little whatever we call it. Oh yeah, news with Matthew. Yes, Maddie, what have you got in store for us today? Fair bit going on. Yeah, let's jump in. West Coast, they've added Tyler Clytel and Hugh Dixon to their train-ons in preparation for Jack Darling to potentially be moved to the inactive list. Uh, Tom Lechenden, Toby McQuilkin and Luke Stranatica are all still training with the club. Do you think Darling's just going to eventually get vaccinated? Do you reckon this is actually... I don't see, like, if he hasn't by now, why would he? Like, why would you wait? Unless he just, unless this is all part of a master plan from Darling and he's going to the miso and he said, you know, we could extend my pre-season break here. We could extend <laughs> my off-season for as long as I feel like it. And then a, a week ahead of round one, he goes and gets the vax. <laughs> so unless that is the case, and he's not saying anything, but um, obviously two two huge players there. Kaitel has been a star on the waffle for some time as a key forward. And Hugh Dixon, who... I read the title of an article that says he's looking pretty surefire. Don't think he's stepped foot on the training ground yet, but apparently looking pretty surefire. Yes. Lord knows. But um, Luke Stranatica with Callum Jamison out, I, I can see Stranatica being an option if they want to give Oscar Allen more key forward time. You'd imagine a Bailey Williams would get more of a go and you need a backup for Bailey Williams. It's ready to go. So Luke Stranatica, I feel like we'll get one. Um, I believe there's three spots. There was one already. Then there's Brad Shepard's spot and Jack Darling's spot, if that does go. So there could be another mid as well. A Stranatica, a mid, you know, there's there's Dittmar, there's Young, uh, Tommy Joyce have all trained with them, and then Bletchen did a McQuilkin. And then if they do want that key forward, if Darling goes out, they've obviously got Dixon and Keitel there. 
Um, but that's not all for um, for train on news, is it, Matthew? Yes, uh, Fremantle have opened up a list spot with obviously Luke Valente's departure. Um, Luke Colson and uh, Roy Roy George look set uh, to be chances to be added to that train on list. I like Roy George, you know, good nickname in Boy George, you know. Okay, nothing about his actual playing style. Don't know much, but I think he could be something. Can't say I know much, a great deal about Roy. Luke, Luke, we've obviously he's been on a few episodes of Road to the Draft. Uh, just missed out last year. I can confirm he he narrowly missed out on a West Coast train on spot. Um, but it looks it looks like he's going to get a Frio one. When I was talking to him last week, actually, he said um, looking pretty likely after a few weeks in match sim and training on with the team like a few Peel boys have done that he could be added on. So be an interesting one. Obviously, Valente is a midfielder. Uh, Paulson is a key forward can go down to key back, but whether or not they go down the key position right the midfield right, who knows? Um, and there's more list list yes. news after that. James Tacitus. He's uh, won the list spot over Nathan Freeman for the Suns. That was really something. Thought I'd just go with it and get aggressive, you know. I wonder if it is Tacitus or Sitas. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Probably Sitas. Yeah. Um, Nathan Freeman, obviously, uh, Collingwood and St Kilda ex-player. I don't think he ended up playing game with the Pies, actually, because of injury. Played a couple of the Saints. Just wasn't able to get his body right now. He's dominating at a lower level and just looking for a way back in. Can't find it yet. Yeah, and he's also an agent for many a player who is getting drafted. So, um, interesting whether or not Nathan Freeman will ever get that spot again. But congratulations to James. I'm sure he listens. And in terms of contract re-signings, there was several young guns who uh, re-signed, especially in the back line. There was uh, none bigger than the first one I'm going to mention, which is the last on this list, but Denver Granger. Correct, yes, okay, thank you. I was going to leave best till last, but... Oh, I'm sorry. You know, no, well, I'm so excited. Well, obviously, yes, Denver, a two-year extension, Um, you know, did just feature on the Road to the Draft episode one intro, alongside yourself. Yeah, I was um, Alongside Kaylin Lane, alongside Seb Clark, alongside myself. Um, you'd hope I feature in it, but hey, who knows? Um, but a real all-star cast there, um, and really no no coincidence that um, it, just after that he gets announced um, with a new two-year deal. I was personally hoping Denver was going to go to the club and say, I know it's pre-season, but I'm formally requesting a trade, a trade to Collingwood at the end of the season, but unfortunately That's it didn't happen. I actually I don't know if there's any like energy thing in this, um, because I don't know what like spirituality side uh, Burma's like in the world, um, but last I spoke to Denver, we were actually on a video call um, chatting to each other, and the, it was just before cricket on Saturday, uh, stinking hot, 40 degrees odd, um, hadn't had breakfast, hadn't had anything to drink, and you know I was just talking to Denver, IGA's power's out, um, oh, here we and go. I had to go into the Burmese World Mini Mart um, and just get some things from Burma. So, um, you know, I look, is it... Is it to do nothing with Denver? Maybe, maybe not. Depends how you look at it. Maybe I accidentally tripped some spiritual thing when I went to the Burmese World Mini Bar while on the phone to Denver, and um, now he's been re-signed. So congratulations, Denver, and you're welcome. But who else uh, got a new contract? Uh, yeah, a lo- lot of Hawthorne signings. They're just yeah. really going, let's just sign these blokes for life. Two-year deals, and all for life. Yeah, go on. Uh, big GF. Jane you got the, you got the, the two years. Uh, Scrimshaw, Scrimmers. Yeah, big, big Scrimshaw fan. I was a f- big, big fan of that trade when we got him from the Suns for, for not much. We yeah. did very well there. And two others, one I'm sure you'll be very excited about. Yeah, one I am very excited about. And I was at Quainer, three years. Pretty handy to have him signed on, which is good. You know, we've really locked away Braden Maynard. So Darcy Moore, the next piece in that big puzzle. And one that I'm sure really just outweighs the rest. 
Uh, immediate talent-wise in Sam Walsh, getting that four-year deal. That's massive for Carlton. Yeah, four years is huge, given he was about to run out. Uh, but the news doesn't stop there, and it's still AFL-related news. Go on. Unofficial practice matches. They've been listed in, baby! Yeah, 23rd of Feb to 26th of Feb. These are bigger than round one. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, pretty flat, though. Last year, the, they were behind closed doors uh, in Perth. Um, this year, behind closed doors... Last year they had it at Lathlane Oval, so people still rocked up and sit around <laughs> the fence. And I liked that little moment of community. A friend and I, um, Callum Calamari Stewart, yep. we uh, we grabbed a coffee. Uh, well, it, we had a night at the pub earlier, and then I picked him up. We went and grabbed a coffee, walked down to Lathlane, and, um, you know, watched, watched from the side, uh, talked to a few people around there. And I thought it was a really nice communal moment. It's like the people who are really into their footy, you know, because they're just watching from outside the fence. You know, it's a pretty early morning. It's a Sunday, so everyone's probably... It might have been a Sunday, I can't remember, but people were feeling rough regardless. Um, and everyone that was there was just a true footy fan, and I yeah. thought it was a real nice, uniting footballing moment. But now they're doing it at Optus. Oh, these dogs. Yeah. How you don't play practice matches at Optus. No. Come so on. I'm flat. Probably maybe something to do with women's footy being played at Lathlane. Now, this is fucked. But, yes... No, that's one. That is um, one way of putting it. Um, in other news, West Coast in the women's side have recorded their first win in three hundred and thirty days over St Kilda in their last game on the road. Now, three hundred and thirty days. Ooh, that's tough. Um, when I joined Kenwick Colts, they'd gone three years without a win, oh, and we yeah. almost went that whole year without a win um, until we won in Queens Rock. And geez, I tell you what, not many people knew the song, but <laughs> oh, geez. Where we are up and about. Still have that newspaper clipping at home. Nice. Yeah. There was a newspaper article written. Not an article, but they have the scores for oh, the, nice. the amateur football in the uh, PFL it is now. Ah, yeah. WAAFL it is. But congratulations to the Eagles and obviously all the girls there. Uh, they got around it. Congratulations on all of them and hopefully they can uh, keep that up. Now, I don't want to go early and I hope it doesn't happen for St Kilda's sake. They could be looking at a similar stretch, I reckon. Oh, jeez. Until Patricius comes back. Mm. They are in strife Now what else is there Got a little bit more news Before we do yes. get into the footy at hand um, Freeman and West Coast Both home quarantining After a month on the road So we're going to have some games In Perth Carlton and Collingwood Are coming over Yeah This this Sunday There's a game actually At yeah. Lathlane Oval So And Saturday sorry, as well I'm so sorry Mineral Resources Park Yes so Freo and, and Freo on the Saturday yeah, So, so obviously don't really care about that because I'll be playing cricket. So, obviously, I do care. Love the girls. Love what they do. Won't be able to watch that game. Now, my question was, yep. so West Coast got back today, I believe, because yeah. they played yesterday. Today, yeah, yeah they played yesterday. So, um, so, now they're playing on Sunday. Do, do they not have to do seven days quarantine? They have two weeks of quarantine. They're allowed to play, but it's going to be a similar situation where they can't interact with fans. They're all quarantining at home. So they'll all be on, I assume, would they all be on a bus together to the ground yes. and then straight out on the bus? I can only assume so, or have some heavy quarantine restrictions, yeah. which I'm sure as a professional athlete you'd be willing to follow so you oh, can get course. a game. Because you imagine if they're staying at home, though, there wouldn't be a bus that goes to every girl's maybe. house. Maybe. They are, they are staying at individual houses. I know a lot of them in groups. Um, so, that yeah, it could be an interesting one whether or not they are. I, I assume... They just get that little car park that's at Lath Lane. You know that sort of one that's sort of gated off that yeah. small one. I'd assume the girls would get that um, to park in and they'd have some security around there. But um did see something that was quite funny. 
that um, the AFL just always finds a way to get its way. Like, no one can bend Mark McGowan's rules, but yeah. the AFL found a way. They find a way. Kanye West wanted Marvel Stadium. Gil McLaughlin says, mm, wouldn't have thought so, bud. So it's looking like, which I know we're a footy podcast. Yeah. But, like, the glory are going to go back. The Wildcats going to go back. Millions and games. And that means that in March, WA versus, I'm not sure who it was, at the Wacker is on. Probably, well, I don't know if all those other ones are going ahead. Allegedly, that's the rumour it will. Okay, well, all I know is the AFL's found a way to done it before anyone else. The AFL is damn good at twisting Mark McGowan. They just find a way. The AFL is without a shadow of a doubt the most powerful enterprise in all of Australia. I dare say Gil McLaughlin has more power in this country than uh, Scott Morrison. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a probably a pretty good shout. Like, I don't think Scott Morrison could wrangle Mark McGowan like that, but, geez, Gil has found a way. And one last piece of news um, on the injury front in regards to someone that's come back, and it's a very rogue one, one I've never heard before. Yeah, former number one hicker Ellie McKenzie reveals injury that kept her out for so long was an extra calf muscle growing around her Achilles and into her foot. Not sure on the specifics. Maybe she isn't human. Maybe she just had a weird injury. But yes, it was something along the lines of a, like a calf muscle growing around there that was causing her issue that they had to have surgery to get removed. So strange, unique, might have to ask her about it. On to the ladder. Number one sits the Crom 5-0, Fremantle 5-1, Melbourne 4-1, North 4-1, Brizzy 3-1, Collingwood 3-2, which rounds out the top six. Gold Coast 2-2, two two, GWS 2-2, two two, Richmond 1-4, and four, Geelong 1-4, and four, Bulldogs 1-3, and three, West Coast 1-4, and four, Carlton 1-4, and, and St Kilda 0-4. Jeez, it looks like, in my eyes, the top five looks pretty pretty set, but that number six spot, and we're going to have a little chat about that because we're obviously at the halfway point. Like, who, who finishes in the top six, Matthew, for you? It is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, gee, just before I mention the top six... Haven't Richmond just been piss weak? Yeah, they, they just have. Um, and haven't Gold Coast just been real lively and sprightly and up and about? And that's why, for my top six, I'm saying Crom, Fremantle, Melbourne, North, Brisbane, that's top five locked. I'm saying Gold Coast get number six. Whoa. I've looked at their run home. It's favourable. They've got Carlton, Geelong, St Kilda still, Bulldogs, Collingwood, and one other that I'm forgetting. Um... I think it might be Geelong this week. So I might have even said Geelong early, but they've got a they've got a very favourable run home, a run home where they could win a few games here. Look, I I'm, I can't leave the pies out. I'm going to have to try to sneak them in. So I think it'll be Crom, Frio, North will get third. Okay. Melbourne North, fourth. North are looking dangerous. Yeah. Gold Coast fifth. Oh. And Collingwood sixth. See, see a Brizzy. Brizzy just crashy out the finals. Isn't that something? On to the votes from last round. Who got your one vote? Uh, my one vote, uh, Collingwood Defender. Um, obviously in a tough week for the Pies. I go to Ruby Schleicher. Uh, she had uh, 17 uh, touches. Uh, 12, 17 touches. Uh, and was uh, very good in that back line for the Pies. Okay. In a, in a tough, tough loss. Interesting. I went with uh, Emma Swanson from West Coast. Had 27 disposals, 8 clearances, 3 tackles versus Geelong. Just bossing it in that midfield. Um, and they did get that first dub. 
just their next game. So good on her and good on the girls. Two votes? Uh, two votes. I went with uh, Brisbane defender uh, Nat Grider. I uh, thought she had a, a pretty good game. 14 disposals, but I think the big one was seven intercept marks, which I'm a big fan of, those intercepts. That's a fair shout. I also went with a Brizzy player, but I went with Emily Bates. Had 22 disposals, had a goal to go with that, and five tackles. So winning it for him in the midfield, huge. And I think I've actually just gone five midfielders, which is a bit boring. But... Um, don't care. Who got your three votes? Uh, my three votes? Uh, I went with Kirsty Lamb. Yep. Uh, very good on the weekend. Uh, just, you know, do, doing a job, as, as you'd expect from a, a young up-and-coming Western Bulldogs player with that big win as well. Uh, 27 and nine marks. So you just you, you can't bag that. She did have a very strong game. I went with Anne Hatchard from the Crom. 25 disposals, one goal, seven marks, six tackles versus the Blues. Huge game from her, and she's having a huge start to the season. Uh, my four votes. Um, this girl kicked two this week, place for Brisbane, but her name got her across the line. Zimmy uh, Farquharson. Zimuli Farquharson. Yep. Of course. She was actually supposed to come on this week. Really? No, last week, sorry, but couldn't get it across the line. Bloody hell, Farquharson. Zimmy's, Zimmy's the day one. She was before we did any interviews with, I think Bella Lewis was, no, Mimstrom was the first interview we did. Before that, it was. Uh, it was Zimmy Farky Harson, um, Bella Eddy, and geez, I hope she isn't listening because I've forgotten her name because I haven't spoken to her since. I've spoken I've spoken to Zimmy since, but none of the other ones. But there's three girls we got on. Zimmy was actually one of them. Wow. So there you go. Maybe it was a spiritual thing. Kick two on the weekend. Also, yep. she hasn't got a vote this week, but shout out to Tara Lehana. Didn't yep. kick any goals, but eight tackles. Yep. You know, if you're not having a good day. That's what you want to see from your forwards. Exactly. Um, my four votes, I went with Jasmine Garner, 29 disposals, three behind. So could have been the difference between four and five votes there. Yep. Four marks, three tackles versus Frio in their first loss. So good for North. I did tip North. You did. Who got your five votes? Uh, I gave it to Ebony Marinoff. Naturally. Friend of the show. She's taking it out this year. Yeah. Don't care what you say. She's taking it out. 31 touches, eight marks, 10 tackles. Huge from her. Phenomenal. Now, usually we do it um, between the games, but we just had so much news to go through, so many things to go through. So, Matthew, you'll be listening to it on the replay. But here she is. And now I've got with me someone who, um, you know, loyal listeners will be very excited to hear. I know Matt will be very excited about, even though he couldn't be here. It's... um. One of the first real cult icons of our, of our women's podcast, Tara Bohana. Tara, how are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you going? Oh, very excited. Now, um, I, I did tell you a little bit, but um, obviously <laughs> uh, I, I just started following the women's game last year and my co-host Matt just started this year. So we're both very new to the competition, haven't really had a chance to get fan favourites in, but uh, you've taken a rise very early. Matt's been a, a huge fan of the way you've started the year. So um, it's very exciting to have you on as really the first cult icon of this podcast. Oh, I love it. Appreciate the support. No, it's good to, um, you know, keep expanding the women's game and getting all the support as we can, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, in terms of your journey to the women's game, um, a lot of the women we've had before have been a bit more clear-cut. They've either been drafted straight through or they, they came with a competition's inception or a club's inception. But um, you, you came now just at 26 uh, after a few years in state leagues. How have you found your way to the AFLW? Yeah, I suppose it's, a, um, it's been a bit of a fair journey for me. Um, started off 
Uh, well, I'm a basketballer originally. Um, I kind of came across the footy 2016, so I was around, would have been 22-ish, um, and basically went to a local club um, called the Eastern Devils out in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, and pretty much from there, I think the next year was when kind of the AFL started, um, and so ended up at Saints VFL side, um, which is called the Southern Saints. Um, invited over from, by Peter Searle, who ended up being the inaugural kind of state um, coach. And then, yeah, I guess from my point of view, you know, um, didn't get picked up when they came into the comp, um, went through, yeah, six drafts. Um, and, yeah, luckily for me, with, with um, Gold Coast, um, I mean, unlucky for the girls who um, had injuries because it was um, via an injury top-up. So, obviously, don't want, you know... Not the ideal situation to have to get in via someone else coming out, but um, you know you take your opportunities, I guess. And um, yeah, offered me a spot after the draft this year and took it on. So yeah, I suppose it's been a fair, fair ride. Um, lots of ups and downs, fair bit of adversity, but um, yeah, I'm loving it right now. And you talk about, uh, you know, coming through those state leagues. I know um, in WA especially, I'm not sure how it is in the other states, but the the sort of funding for the, the state competitions, the waffle especially, sometimes it's, you know, obviously nowhere near the par of where it should be. And you think about the quality of that competition. How did your time just sort of lingering in those state competitions prepare you for the jump to the top level? And what have been some of the big differences you've noticed in the two? Yeah, I suppose um, VFL was, especially when... It was aligned with an AFL club, um, especially before the Saints came in. So they came in in 2020, but Southern Saints had been around for two years um, prior. So we kind of, um, luckily for us, got a fair indication of what it like, you know, I guess the standard that was going to be in the AFL because we had, you know, your gym programs, your strength and conditioning coaches still around and stuff. Um, but I, I know what you mean in terms of like funding and that it is obviously um, less than, I guess, what the AFL has. So... Um, we were pretty lucky in what we got for, I guess, um, what was available to us. And I suppose from Saints' point of view, they were trying to, you know, show what they could do and what they could bring to the AFL. So we were pretty lucky to get um, fair few resources and things like that. Um, but definitely for, like, the local local clubs and things, it is difficult. And the Waffle, I'm assuming, um, would be similar. But you're still... You know, your time, the time you spend at the club um, doing training but then extras and all that kind of stuff um, is still there. And whilst obviously I felt it's another jump up again, um, that's probably the most challenging thing is obviously having to kind of um, juggle between jobs as well as as well as AFL. Um, so, yeah, I guess it wasn't like as big a jump as I probably um, would have been would have had if I'd been at local clubs compared to VFL because there was a lot going on there. So um, I guess I was pretty lucky in that space. Okay. Now, we were talking about, obviously, that moment of getting recruited to the club. It was, you know, a little bit of luck for you, I guess, with, with girls going down with injuries. But you've you've obviously been a standout in the state leagues in Victoria for, for, you know, the time you've been in there. And last year especially, you were an absolute star. And as you said, you did miss out on a few drafts. So coming into to last year or this year, how confident were you I guess, and your chances of getting picked up at the end of the season, given your history of trying to crack into the league. Yeah, look, I knew like I knew it wasn't going to be too easy, just because I guess um, the spots get harder and harder to fill. I guess with all these, um, you know, there's a lot of that nab league and, and young girls, um, young talent coming through. That you know, without an expansion side, um, it is a lot more difficult to to get in, just because of the number of draft picks. There aren't there aren't a lot. 
Um, and you know the the um, the list sizes are only around that thirty mark, so it does make it a bit more difficult. So I wasn't, you know, I've never kind of gotten too far ahead of myself just because of, um, I guess, my experiences previously. Um, and you know, having spoken to clubs previous years and then nothing happening, kind of thing. Um, you just, yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. So, um, I guess for myself, I wasn't, yeah, so I wasn't putting too much on it. Um, but when I got the call from Joyce, he, um, before, he rang me about a week before the draft and and kind of just spoke about what what they were planning on doing and um, that there potentially was going to be a spot available from an injury top up perspective, knowing that I wasn't probably going to get picked up in the draft. Um, so yeah, honestly, it was just thankful for the opportunity because yeah, it's obviously been a bit of a roller coaster. So it was, um, yeah, it was surreal. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and you, you come into this club obviously a player of your position and skill set. You'd be, I guess, feeling a bit blessed to have some of the some of the players around you. You do, especially you look at someone like a Clinda Howarth, who's you know an absolute star of the game up forward. What were some of the primary aspects of your game you looked to develop ahead of the start of the season? You know, what were some of the things you tried to learn from the players that had been in the system for some time? Yeah, I suppose, um, yeah, players like Kindy and, and, and Perko as well, um, down at the forward line especially, but then you've got your back liners like um, Loz Aarons and, and Joe Pagelli and a few others that have been around um, from the inception, I guess, um, of 2020. And um, I guess for me, it was one, trying to work out, I guess, how what the differences are in, in how the game is played. But um, like my strengths are often, you know, marking and kicking and that, but I think it was more just... Um, knowing that these players that we play against will be a lot stronger bodies and, and how do we, I guess, use our bodies um, and body work-wise to get, I guess, a good position. Um, and just like the basic fundamentals, I think getting your fitness up because I knew that it was going to be a faster game and I'm probably, I'm definitely not the quickest person going around. So um, I guess working on those kind of aspects of my game too. Um, but coming from um, isolations and, and lockdowns and stuff like that from Melbourne, um, yeah, there was a bit of, bit of work to be done in that space but um, I like to work hard and um, yeah my endurance was always okay but it was more I guess that um, speed element which I'm still definitely working on as well. All right now personally you, you've started the season absolutely sensationally you continued that in the first four games uh, you're equal fifth in the league for goals scored despite playing a game or two less than a couple of people who are up there leading the club in your first season is there anything I guess specifically parts of your game or anything you've learned that you feel is attributed to your success earlier, or is or is like AFL just too easy for you? <laughs> no, it's definitely not easy. That's for sure. I think um, I you know I learned a couple of years back. I think again, just with you know things kind of not going you know my way in terms of um, getting an AFLs and stuff that I just need to go back to enjoying the game and and focusing on putting less pressure on myself. Um, and I guess. Now that I've got the opportunity to actually be here, I think it's just taking it all in and, and um, enjoying playing. And I think when I am enjoying playing um, and I'm a bit more relaxed, I, I get the most out of myself instead of when you you know you put pressure on yourself and then it kind of builds and builds. And, and then sometimes, um, yeah, you just get a bit too distracted and caught up in that instead of just playing the way you know how to play. Um, and yeah, I think having the girls around me that we have at the club, um, pretty supportive and they get around you and just kind of, put that trust in yourself that they, you know, they trust what you can do. And I think that kind of attributes to, to how we're playing. And I guess when you score a couple, whether it's myself or one of the other girls kick a goal, you kind of just grow on that kind of energy and excitement and um, you kind of just go from there. 
Okay, and in terms of the team, the girls are off to a, a fairly promising start at 2-2 two and two with a tight loss over the weekend to a very strong premiership contending Melbourne side. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the easy answer would be to say, obviously, last year was not the great year for, for the Suns, but this year's been a strong start. The, the easy answer would be to say, you know, the difference is a new star forward for the team. But where, where do you think the main improvements have been for the girls from what you've seen and how up and about the girls are regarding to the start of the season? Yeah, I think um, we've done a lot of work in, in building the culture. Again, as I say, I wasn't there last year um, through, I guess, um, the tougher times. But from what I've heard from the girls um, talking to them, we're pretty we're a pretty young list. So um, I guess there's a lot of improvement that we can still make um, through all of us. But I think it's first and foremost having, you know, new coach um, in Joycey, um, I guess just a new culture trying to bring in um, – yeah, an excitement kind of culture, putting a lot of pressure and focusing on pressure um, around the contest. Um, and I think, as I say, like, the more you kind of can see things building, the more exciting it kind of gets. And I think we kind of thrive off that a bit. So, um, yeah, we just have to keep working on that. But from what I, yeah, from what I can see, um, it is a lot around um, just building a good culture around the club and, and being united um, for one and, and building the respect um, around the league because, as I say, a lot of girls say, "Look, last year wasn't our best, but we want to we want to build something here." So, um, yeah, our values are basically kind of a surround that united and respected piece, and being relentless at the contest. So, yeah, we're just kind of building on that, and I think just getting to know each other and um, making sure all the lines are connected um, around the ground is pretty important. Okay, and as far as the rest of the season goes. Um I know players don't like to label a clash as winnable or losable, but you know I'm mm. going to label it as that because you know I'm not a player, so it's 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 a winnable clash <laughs> you'd say against Geelong on Sunday coming up, um, and then a pretty mixed run home with a lot of uncertainty regarding COVID. How do you see yeah. Sunday's game going? Firstly, and just in regards to the rest of the season, what are the big goals from from the group and for yourself personally for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think it's just trying to focus on playing um, our identity and, and playing the way we want to play. So, obviously, against Melbourne, it was a close win. Um, and then Richmond, um, we obviously came away with the win there. And I think both games, we kind of started to play in, in bits and bobs um, our identity and how we want. I think it's more just trying to put it together for four quarters. So I think if we put it together for four quarters, then we have a real chance of of winning those games. And I think, yeah, definitely um, the next few games, we have absolute chances um, of, of winning them and doing well. And I think for the rest of the season, it's obviously winning as many games as we can. Um, you know, no one wants to say the F word, but like, you know, that always has to be a goal, I think. I don't think you should shy away from, from talking about it because, um, and if you're playing football, you want to make finals and things like that. So um, whether we're building towards that, you know, for the next couple of seasons or whether it happens, um, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be up there as a goal. And I think if we can get to the end of the season, having, you know, put together four quarters consistently um, of how we want to play, then we're looking pretty good. All right. Well, Tara, it's been, it's been absolutely sensational to get you on. It's been such a pleasure. As I said, obviously you've been uh, a real fan favorite and a cult icon of this podcast. So it's, um, <laughs> it's a real opportunity to get you on. Um, I truly do wish you continue your hot start to the season, both yourself and the club. And um, hopefully we are seeing you guys in finals this year. No, thanks so much for having me on. It's, um, yeah, so it's good to see, um, you know, some footy podcasts getting around, especially about the women's footy as well. So we love the support. So it's, it's great. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. See you later. Bye. Bye.
Yes, a big thank you to Tara for coming on and a big apologies to Matthew for being unable to come on. I'm sorry that it had to happen that way, but I'm That's sure funny. we can find a way when the Suns win the flag to, to get her on. We just need to get her the voice memo. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll message myself to say, hey, how are things? Yeah, you do that, bud. <laughs> Friday, 11th of February, Gold Goes versus Geelong, 4.10pm at Metricon Stadium. A very winnable game for the Suns after a tough loss to Melbourne by just two goals and Geelong with their three-point win over West Coast. So both teams in some, you know, obviously Gold Coast lost, but they're in some very strong form, and Geelong getting that win. But I, I don't think it's a question here. Gold Coast W. Yeah, it uh, should be a good game. Uh, if you're a Gold Coast fan. <laughs> and a Tara Bohanna fan. Yeah, the Suns are winning. It's Bohanna to kick seven. Yep, she bounces back. And to have 43 tackles because <laughs> she just wants it that much. Saturday, 12th of Feb. In what on paper should be a good game, but won't be because Richmond just aren't doing it this year. Richmond versus North, 11.10am at the Swinburne Centre. Richmond suffering a tough loss to the Dogs and North getting up in Frio's first loss. Another one where it just feels like, you know, we don't need to talk about it. Well, Gold Coast Geelong we probably could have talked about more, but we have a lot of Gold Coast biased because yeah. Tara Bahanna, obviously. <laughs> um, this one, it just doesn't seem like a close one at all. I'd, I'd say North by a distance. North will win, and you're going to hear it here first. North will make the grand final this year. That's fair. I think Cromer are a huge step ahead of everyone they else. Are. And then I'd say it's North and Frio and Melbourne. Yeah. And then a Brizzy and then Gold Coast. Yep. In terms cool. of quality. Yep. Although there's a huge middling group there, but Gold Coast because we love them. Uh, Melbourne versus GWS could be an interesting game at Casey Fields, 1.10pm. GWS didn't get to play their last game. Melbourne with that win over the Suns. GWS are a team you can't really count out in this competition. I think a bit like the Dogs, we sort of forget about them um, a bit and just what they're doing. But they're a very good team who could easily make finals and, you know, push for that prelim or grand final position. And Melbourne, I think this will be a huge test for them. They've obviously had some tough games, um, but I think that they've had a middling to easy run so far. So I think this will be a bit of a challenge for Melbourne, but I can't see them losing it. Yeah, I think Melbourne will win this one pretty comfortably. Okay, Fremantle versus Carlton, 3.10pm at Frio Oval. Frio, obviously, with that loss to North, and Carlton getting absolutely shellacked by the Crom. They weren't too far down at three-quarter time. The third quarter, they showed a bit of fight as well. It was pretty even and in they just that quarter. And it just Yeah, it turned bad. Turned real bad, which shows a lot about the Crom. Yeah. Which is exciting when you see a team that good, but upsetting when you see a team that bad. Um, Fremantle to bounce back here. It doesn't feel like much of a question. Yeah, I think Freo bounce back as well. Most of these games feel... I think Gold Coast versus Geelong would be a good run. Melbourne versus GWS could, but can't see those other two being too great. Can't see this one being too great either. St Kilda versus Brisbane at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. I hope that's a bit of beach footy. I hope that you can like see the beach from... Like Great Barrier Reef Arena yeah. in our heads. Yeah. But then, obviously, that brings up the same issue with global warming and the fact that by 2050, sea levels will rise by six metres at the current rate we're going. And many countries like Bangladesh and other small islands will be completely uh, flooded and their population will have to disperse. And as a result, we will lose great ovals like Trevor Barker Beach Oval and Great Barrier Reef Arena. And whatever ovals have in Bangladesh. Yes. Fremantle Oval might go as well. The Fremantle Circuit. No. Benny's. Ben and Ollie's. 
Shit. We haven't even got a chance. Um, but St. Kilda versus Brisbane, 10, 10 a.m. Let's enjoy Trevor Barker Beach over while we can before global warming takes it away from us in this <coughs> interesting clash. Gee, St. Kilda going down narrowly to West Coast. Brizzy with a confident win over Collingwood by four goals. Brizzy should take this one. Yeah, sorry, Saints. The, the Lions will win this. Sorry, but you suck. West Coast versus Collingwood, 12, 10 p.m. at Mineral Resources Park. What a ground, what a name. West Coast with their first win over St. Kilda and Collingwood with that four-goal loss to Brizzy. Could be a good one. Could be a good one. Collingwood's last fortnight has been putrid. They've yeah. played some horrible football. They have not been good. They have faced two very good teams, though. They have, but uh, you expect better from them. Yeah, uh, you'd expect a bit more of a contest. Yes. Yeah, a, a bit more fight. I will be tipping the pies. I think I'll bounce back, but I think it'll be closer than we think it. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I believe the weather starts to get good this weekend, so a lucky time because the month they were away, it was 40 degrees every oh, weekend. Yeah. It was horrible. So that would have been horrid conditions to play footy in. Um, but it looks like the weather's going to be a bit better this weekend. I'm going to say Collingwood take this one out. I hope for West Coast's sake it's close, but I think this will be a huge game for West Coast to show how far away they are from the pack, like how far they are from finals. Because I think if they lose big here, then they're just, you know, a bottom two or three team. Yeah. But if they can win or get close, then I think they're in that rung below finals where you see your your Carlton's, a Geelong maybe, a GWS Richmond, where they're just one step away from elevating and getting into finals contention. So a huge game for West Coast in that sense, but they probably aren't sure. thinking about that at all. Finally, what will hopefully be a good game, but cheese, it doesn't look like the Crom want there to be any good games. Crom versus the Bulldogs, 2.10pm at Norwood Oval. Bulldogs getting that good win over Richmond and Crom with the big win over Carlton. It's hard to tip against the Crom. The Dogs have turned a little bit of a corner and I still feel like if there's a team that's outside sort of those ones that we listed in making the six that could could maybe get going and get on running probably the, the dogs. dogs yeah they they do feel yeah they they do feel one of the you know better place teams like a dogs GWS Gold Coast who are outside of that six that could break in um yeah i i think it it's a tough one for the dogs obviously they they missed that first round with covid i think they may have missed the second i've already forgotten this round's going this year's gone by so fast um so they started off on the back foot without even playing a game. And um, they've had all these issues. They're clawing their way back, and now they have to face the Crom. <sighs> it's so tough for them. They, they get through the hurdle, gain some momentum, and now it's the Crom on <coughs> Sunday Arbor at Norwood Oval. Going to tip the Crom here. Hatch out of Marinoff to have another big one because they are the most dangerous pair in the game. Tough one, but it'll be a draw. The draw. The draw. The draw is here. You heard it here first. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got for you today. It's been such a pleasure to oh. have you all. Such a pleasure to sit alongside you as always, Matthew. You too. I can't wait until next week when we do it all again and when we finally get Tara on in person when the Suns do come to Perth and have they quarantining Who have they played? Have they played the Eagles? They've played West Coast. They haven't played Freo? No. So that you're telling me there's a chance? That they'd have to quarantine. Shit. Yeah, maybe another time. And what I can guarantee on another time is the opportunity to listen to us this time next week, the week after, so on and so forth until the end of time. It has been such a pleasure as always. Thank you for listening.